This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Erica Gertis on the line. Erica, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you very much. I'm thrilled you're here. You're a fellow leadership development coach, writer, speaker, mom. There's eight, you've, you're, 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 your JD has like 18 titles on it. So it's, it's awesome. Now, how, you know, the first question I, I ask is, you know, how are you doing all of that stuff and in, in preventing burnout from happening in your life? Somebody asked me that recently, and the question they asked was, how do you handle everything? And the honest answer is, I don't even try. <laughs> so I, I think that what I had to learn, obviously I do all of the things that you just mentioned, but just like what most people experience, there are sort of ebbs and flows in all parts of my life. And I have learned how to prioritize as best I can the thing that feels like it's most important at the time. And so one of the things that I'm never willing to sacrifice or try very, very hard never to sacrifice is the role of being a mom and also the role of taking care of myself because I find that those two things are absolutely balls that cannot drop. And some of the other stuff I flex in and out as I need to or am able to. Uh, but one of the biggest lessons I have learned is how to be willing to say no and not do things and then not feel guilty about it when I don't do it. So that's really freed up a lot of my mental space to be able to focus on the things that are really giving me energy and uh, enabling me to help better my family or myself or the world. No, it's perfect. And the fact that you, you learned you know, that no is what I like to say, a complete sentence. And you have that second part about not feeling guilty about it because you have to take care of yourself and you have to take care of your family. And if you do that, then everything else will fall into place uh, as it should. And, and I love the analogy about the ebbs and flows because in all the things that we do, whether it's writing or speaking or working with people, it flows. There's, it's not, okay, at, 9.42 a.m. on Thursday, I'm going to do this. Well, maybe you will on certain things because that makes sense. But if you have a little fluidity to your life, it flows better because a lot of times what happens, and I'll give you a real life today example. You know, I had two earlier interviews that were scheduled this morning and neither of them could make it. You know, completely different people, different parts of the world, all that. And last second, they couldn't make it. So all of a sudden I had an entire morning opened up and I thought, okay, you know, I wasn't upset about it. I'm like, right, what, what could I do right now? What do I want to do? You know, I thought about, okay, what could I do right now? But then I stopped and I said, no, let's not think about what I could do. Let's think about what do I want to do right now? Mm, I love that. And what I ended up doing was I went back to the gym um, because there, I live in a condo building. So there's a gym downstairs. I was like, let's, let's go down there and I'll, get on the treadmill, do something light and, and see if any creativity comes up. And, and it did. And, you know, so I did some things this morning and then this afternoon rolled around. I'm like, okay, all right, let's, uh, let's get into the next session. So it, people, I think it's important for all of us to understand that while yes, we, we do a lot of things, um, just, you know, let them flow naturally within your own comfortable space and 
you'll be amazed on how much you can accomplish without you know, being completely stressed out all the time. And that's, that's crucial. I, I mean, I just have to build on that really fast because it's funny. I, I was literally just uh, creating some videos before our call and I was talking about pretty much this exact same thing because it used to be my, my life, the way I showed up before was that I needed to hold on tightly to everything. I was a perfectionist and, and an overachiever and needed to do all the things and be in complete control and micromanage every little aspect. And if things didn't go exactly my way and exactly the way I planned them, then I spun out. And I realized that when I, as I've progressed in my own transformation journey, I've realized that the more loosely I hold on to the outcome and the more loosely I hold on to the path to get there, and the more I focus on how I feel in the process and the being, the more enjoyable everything is and the more, to your point, it flows. And I, I just think it's such a powerful lesson and it's so different because I think in our minds, we have this idea that we can control circumstances, but we cannot control circumstances. <laughs> the only thing that we can control is our feelings about those circumstances. And so when we come from a place of knowing that we're in control of only that truly, then it enables us to take this stance of being a student of the universe instead of a victim of circumstance. And I think that shift in mindset and the sort of influence and empowerment component just makes it so much easier to go through life and be more productive and effective both for ourselves as well as for the people that we're working with. No, you're spot on with that. And thank you for that you know, additional thing because, it, and no, I wasn't watching you record videos. I just have to talk about <laughs> like it. Like-minded. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. We, it, it, and I often think it's like, there's, I, I, I often think it's universal in a way. It's like, okay, why is it, you know, people that are like mind are working on similar things around the same time. And it's, there's, there's a lot more to things than, than we can grasp, but uh, it does segue nicely into, you know, you the work that you do with the art of undoing and, mm. and, you know, using, you know, awareness and, and mindfulness. And I think, you know, along your journey, I, I think mindfulness probably played a pretty big role in shifting from that perfectionism state, which I, I can definitely relate to that, to mm-hmm. operating in, in more of a, I don't want to call it loose boundaries, but, you know, instead of, you know, we'll use a toddler, for example, instead of, you know, grabbing onto the toddler when they're learning to walk for the first time and like literally holding them, you, you kind of move your arms out a little bit and just kind of guide them so they don't fall and hit out their head. But they're still free to kind of do the things that they're naturally wanting to do. So tell us about Art of Undoing. Yeah, and I love that analogy, and I'll probably riff off of it in a little bit. But so the Art of Undoing is an awareness and mindfulness practice, like you mentioned. And the goal of it is to really help people undo the stuff that is truly keeping us stuck so that the changes that we want to make to our lives, uh, the personal development or those big goals, getting rid of limiting beliefs, will actually stick so that we can live in more full range and truly embrace who we are and our authenticity impact. And the reason that this is so important to me is, as you mentioned earlier, this is my journey. (laughs) And I don't teach anything that I haven't firsthand experienced and had to learn myself. And 
I have been practicing the art of undoing for about the last six and a half years or so. My first realization that I was not really living my life was when my daughter was three months old and I was in the hospital with her because she was having spinal neurosurgery as an infant. And this was something that I was completely unprepared for. I had spent my life building this beautiful facade. It was everything I thought I was supposed to have. And I became the person I thought I was supposed to be. And, you know, graduate school with straight A student or was a straight A student and worked at Google and everything. I built the beautiful life. And none of that mattered when I was sitting in the hospital in the pediatric ICU unit listening to my daughter on a breathing tube and all the other stuff because she had just had to have a tumor on her spinal cord operated on. And I realized in that moment, I was so mad at the world. And all of a sudden I had this, in this like lowest moment of my life feeling, I had this thought that literally changed my life. And the thought was, I have one life to live. I there are no second chances, no do-overs. I get one go round at this life. Why would I spend any more time waiting to be happy? And what I realized was for all of the beautiful life that I had built, behind it was empty and sad and unfulfilled. And I felt like I was waiting for the time when all of that work was finally going to come to a place of making me feel happy. And so over the last six years, I have systematically gone through all of my beliefs and all of my behaviors that were limiting me and that had gotten me to that place so that I could become free of that and truly become the person that I was and the person I was intended to be. And so all of that undoing has been about undoing the limiting beliefs and the fear stories in my head so that I could truly live into my full range. And as a result of that day six years ago, thankfully my daughter is okay. And I am living proof of how the art of undoing is working because I got divorced. I left my job at Google. I'm now teaching other people how to live into their full range and embrace their authenticity impact. And I'm truly making the impact in the world that I believe I'm here to make. And it wouldn't have been possible without awareness and mindfulness. Well, that's crucial too, because, you know, at those moments, you know, and when, and oftentimes, unfortunately, they happen to be in a hospital and you, yeah. you, you question you know, everything, all the accolades, you're definitely a, a type A driven individual that's been successful. And you, you, and you highlighted those things, you know, working, working for Google. Um, I'm assuming everybody on this show listening probably knows who Google is. Uh, so <laughs> they, 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 they do some things. Um, and they, 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 they became an action and a verb and sort exactly. of a noun. And it's um, when you, when you can be, go from a noun to a verb that's when you know that you've quote unquote made it i guess <laughs> uh but all of these accolades and all these things that happen and we think and we feel and we often believe these are incredible accomplishments and they are but when it gets right down to it when you are in a situation like you were with your daughter and it was, uh, you know, one of those feelings of, and I'm sure, you know, you felt powerless and scared mm -hmm. and all of these emotions. Um, as a parent, you know, I, I can definitely relate. And I had my own health scare a decade ago. And, you know, at those moments, everything that I'd ever done you know, at that point in my life 
was completely meaningless. I'm like, I'll, I'll trade it all in. You know, mm-hmm. it's like done. I, I, I'm walking away from all of that because I need to using, you know, your, your terminology, I need to undo some things and re and reinvent myself and really take a deep, hard look. And I, I know for me, it was not an easy exercise and it's ongoing. I continue mm-hmm. to undo things and, and look at things that I do and, and take, you know, different perspectives of things. And, you know, when people that have known me, you know, for several years or for most of my life see me now, and they compare me to the version of me prior to my health scare. Um, they they realize like yeah you you are the same person, but you are not the same person. Yeah. And it, for that, I, I I take that as a as a compliment because I knew the person that I was wasn't going to last long and wouldn't enjoy life and wouldn't have any fulfillment. And I think that's you know why. I, it's so important the work that you're doing is you can be happy at times, but if you live a life where you're fulfilled, literally there's days where you feel like you're walking on air and it's not because you're, you're boasting and you're, and you're thinking you're just this superstar, which you are, but you're not walking around thinking that you're just, life is just flowing and it's such a wonderful feeling. I totally agree. I will say I was I was thinking about this this morning. It's like you're in my head. Um, this year, uh, so I left Google a little over a year ago at this point, and I. So when I left, um, I had already been divorced for a couple of years. In January, it was four years ago. This this January it was four years, and so I'm a single mom. I get no financial support, no child support, no alimony, no nothing. And my kids are now eight and almost seven. So when I left Google, they were a little over a year or younger than that. So I really jumped off the cliff with no net, and. I, because I knew I wanted to be in life differently. I wanted to do life differently. And in order to do that, I needed to be in life differently. And so this last year has been one of the hardest years of my life, not because I was unprepared to do the work, but because I was unprepared for what that meant and what it was for me, the undoing is not easy. It isn't easy to undo a life's worth of limiting beliefs and patterns that we have, that we have up as self-protection. We want to protect ourselves because we think if we are not protecting ourselves, we're going to die. (laughs) And unfortunately, when we do that, it means that we also limit our capacity for feeling and limited our capacity for living and feeling fulfilled. And so there are a lot of days where the last thing I feel is happy, but there has not been a single day that I've had where I don't feel fulfilled. Because every single thing that I'm doing, I'm doing because I know it is for the greatest good at this point. And in my opinion, to your point about fulfillment and uh, meaning, I think that we all have gifts that are innate to us, that it isn't just our right, it's our responsibility to discover what they are and share them with the world. Because I really, really, truly believe that when we are most authentic, we are most impactful and that the world needs the unique impact that each of us can make. So to the point that you made earlier about it's not that you're not the same person, I think you're probably 
the most magnificent version of you now. And what you've been doing is undoing all the stuff that was standing in the way of your authenticity. And now that true authenticity impact is actually shining through and you don't have to boast or uh, compete or hide or compensate or, you know, any of the other stuff that we tend to do because we feel like we're trying to make up for what we lack. And so you're just standing there and you're being, and that's where the art of undoing really comes from is this idea that most of us were doing so much because we don't know how to be. We don't know how to just be without doing something because we feel like we have to do more, be more and achieve more. We need to compensate for or hide what we feel like we lack as opposed to just be who we are because who we are isn't enough. And so when we can undo those patterns, those limiting beliefs, then we're no longer diluting our power. Instead, we're maximizing it. And that's when I think we can truly change the world. Thank you for that. And yes, it's the fulfilling work that we each do. And I, I help people and with burnout and because I had it, that was the reason for my health challenges mm. and my year of worst case scenarios and all the things that happened to me and I recovered from it, you know, did all kinds of work to reinvent myself came out of it going, okay, I, I, I like this new uh, magnificent version of myself and life is good. And then you look around and you go, why is everybody look like zombies? Why is everybody stressed out? Why yes! is everybody burning out? And I could, I could have easily just said, well, I hope they figure it out and just go about my business or, and you, you use the word responsibility. And that's how I feel about the work that I do. And I know it's how you feel about the work that you do is I have a responsibility to bring awareness to what burnout looks like and more importantly, how to recover from it and then design your life so you don't burn out again. Because everybody that I talk to that have, burnt, have been burned out more than once, I ask them how many times and they'll say two or three times. Hmm. I, I had it once and it nearly killed me. So I don't want to go down that road again. So I learned how to make sure that I don't take that turn and everybody can do it. But much like, you know, the work you're doing and undoing, it's not necessarily easy because, and I think part of it and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is a question I was going to ask you next was for people that, you know, they come up with all the excuses. I can't do this. I, I can't change. I'm set in my ways. I've done all these things. I think those are roadblocks or mental blocks or self-limiting beliefs that make them think that they can't get out of the situation they're in. They can't undo who they are. So I think a lot of people think I'm burned out and I can't get out of it. And they, they, because they, they don't believe that they can. Yes. Okay. So before I talk about this, cause I, I really want to dive into this. I do have to say, um, I, to your point about burnout, I was again, talking to somebody just this morning and, um, talking about burnout actually. And one of the things that, that comes up a lot is, you know, with these high achievers that I work with, and I think this is true for everybody in life. Um, and, I think most of us are high achievers in some fashion or another, but that we're so busy reacting to putting out the fires all around us that we don't pay att any attention to the fact that it's us that's getting burned. And that's really 
sad and unfortunate because when we can shift to that place of being intentional and having awareness about why we are always in this reactive mode, then we can move into a much more proactive stance. And it really requires that first question of why am I doing this? Like, why do I think I need to react to everything and be everywhere? And to your point, burn out. And uh, to the other comment that you made about I, I say a lot, I just have to be okay with being okay. I think that we all have changes that we want to make, things that we want to improve, patterns that we know aren't serving or ways we'd like to show up more impactfully. But no matter how many tips or tricks we read or how many New Year's resolutions we set or how many trains we go to, we just can't make true progress. We might start out strong, but we always revert back. And after so many attempts, we start to wonder what's wrong with us and just, nope, this is it. Can't teach new, old dog new tricks. I'm here to tell you, neuroscience has proven that that's not true. We can change our brains at any point in our lives, as I'm sure you know, and most of your listeners know. But to be able to make true change, we have to get to the heart of why the changes aren't sticking. And so the the analogy I like to use is... Uh, Imagine that we're in a boat and we know the direction we want to go. We've looked up all the tips. We know how to navigate there. We're well-versed in the techniques. And so we try to set off where we start moving and we either make a little progress and then kind of fall back, or it feels like we're just more like have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. And I think that we've all been there. And I, I mean, I honestly can't even tell you how many times in my life I've wondered why I can't get my act together and just change already. I'm smart. Why can't I do this? It's not that the tips and techniques are the problem. It's, uh, although certainly troubleshooting those um, or trying to find new ones, a new book or whatever it is that just that that's the thing that might have the answer. That'll keep us busy for a while. The reason the boat can't move forward is because there's a big anchor that we can't see because it's deep under the surface of the water at the bottom of the ocean and that's what's keeping us stuck. We can't see it, but when we try to move the boat, the anchor stops us or it slows us down. And finally, that pace is just too exhausting and we give up. Fear is the anchor. Um, it's there, but we can't see it because it's buried so deep below the surface and it keeps us from going to where we want to be in life. And it's not like we walk around in fear all the time. I mean, people don't walk around feeling like they're scared and certainly they don't want to talk about it. Fear is a dirty four letter F word that most of us avoid talking about. And I think that for, for a lot of us, we think that if we talk about it, we might contract it if we get too close. Uh, but we have these fear stories running in the backgrounds of our minds that are playing and have been playing on repeat for so long that we don't even hear them. They just became integrated into our beliefs and the way that we interpret our experiences and create our world. Um, and so when we have this fear, but we don't realize it, it actually has us and it's controlling all of our behaviors and all of our actions. And so I'll just, is that, is that kind of making sense? Do you want me to give you a, uh, an example of what I'm talking about, like my own personal example to help well, sort it, of? Yeah, it's an amazing example. And <laughs> the, 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 the anchor of being fear. And yeah. The fear, you know, like you said, we're not necessarily walking around all fearful, but it's so deeply hidden. It, exactly. It's, a, it's like you, you walk in an office and you've worked at this office for five years and there's this poster you walk by every day, but you couldn't tell anybody what was written on that poster because it's background noise. And exactly. here is background noise that, you know, just subtly, you know, gets in the way of you breaking through these challenges that keep coming up. And if, 
you just figure out how to pull that anchor up. Then next thing you know, you know, the wind hits the sails and, and you're, Off you you're, go. you're flying and you're going, whoa, okay, wow. I wish I would have figured that out five years ago. Exactly. But the reason that we don't is because we don't know to look under the surface. We think that we just need to keep looking on the surface of the tips and the techniques, but it's not until we get to the thing that is actually keeping us stuck, which is that anchor at the bottom of the ocean that's deep we have to pull it up and that's where awareness comes from because it's awareness is bringing that thing that is buried to the surface and bringing it to the light. And when we can learn how to have fear without letting fear have us, when fear has us, or when fear, when we stay stuck, fear has us. But when we learn how to bring that anchor to the surface, put it in the boat, it doesn't mean that the anchor is going to go away. It just means it's no longer keeping you stuck. And that is what I teach. And just to like, I want to, I just want to just reiterate that again, I don't think that we walk around in fear. Most people, when I, when I say this to them, they're like, oh, of course I'm not afraid. Like maybe there are these other people that are afraid, but not me. So I just want to like use an example, if that's okay, just to my own example, I tend to teach through my stories. Um, so I am what Brene Brown would call a recovering perfectionist. And so one of the things that I work on a lot is I have to work on putting myself and my work out there before it's perfect, sharing my work and seeing it as valuable, even if I can see the flaws in it, as well as embracing progress over perfection. And this has been true for a really long time. It happened at Google because I never shared my work. Um, it happens now. I am slow to put things on social media or to share it before I feel like it's ready. And what it also meant is that I never ventured far off of the path of what I already knew I was good at. So I never tried a lot of new things until I, unless I thought I could get really good at it really quickly. I was never willing to like just be okay at something. And it's pretty normal for a lot of overachievers, but here's the thing, my anchor, the thing that was keeping me stuck, um, and unable to just move into this place of progress over perfection was a fear of mediocrity. It didn't mean that it was a conscious thought. I wasn't walking around wondering if I was mediocre. Instead, all of my behaviors, every single choice I was making meant that I was building a reality where I would never come face to face with the possibility that I might be mediocre. So what that means is I can't even create a, like I'm going to create walls in my life or narrow my pathway so that I never am at risk of facing mediocrity. That's what that means by like being limited in our range and why I say full range, because I need to be okay exposing myself to that possibility of mediocrity in order to experience my full range. And it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, ever going to really love mediocrity, but if I am unwilling to even go to those places of exposing myself to it, then I'm completely limiting my possibility. And we all do this because for me, it's not just the fear, it's what the fear implies for me. The fear informed a belief that if I was mediocre, I was not worthy. So when I, you know, if we look at it from that perspective, it made complete sense that I would stay in roles that I was really good at or never get into sports or never push myself out of my comfort zone because to do that would mean that I would be confronted with the possibility of not being worthy because I was mediocre. So I was doing and overdoing tons of things, totally habitually, in an effort to compensate for or make up for what I thought I lacked. So when we can, when I was able to bring that fear to the surface and realize that was the thing that was guiding my decisions and preventing me from moving into this place of more possibility and expansion, it was no longer as powerful. 
And so bringing that awareness to it and being able to be mindful when that fear comes up without immediately attaching to it and running and letting it run me, I I'm in, I'm in power. And now I can, to your point, the, let the wind catch the sails and go as fast as I want to go. It's amazing that you've discovered this um, wonderful, I don't even want to call it a tool or technique. It's just a, a way. Yeah. Um, and because, I don't know what to call it either, to be honest with you. Well, if, if it dawns on me, you know, I'll, 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 let, I'll send you a note and say, how does this sound? And, and let you use it. I, I don't want any royalties or anything like that. Just, Thank you. Like, just go, go with it. Because, no, I, I, when, when people can get to that and they, you know, they, shut off the okay it has to be perfect it has to be this before I go out just put it out there and you know, because yeah we're gonna think that it's the worst thing ever and the next thing you know you've got a lineup out the door of people that are begging to work with you and you're like wow they're they're resonating over that post I'm like mm-hmm. I, I didn't even like that post and it's like but it, it resonates with people so I, I tell people get you know just, just do it. Don't worry about it. You know, it's, we're, we're all fumbling around and doing things and we're learning things. And even the things that we're really good at, sometimes we fumble those things too. It, but as long as we know that we're moving forward and doing things to work in our, in our sweet spot and really impacting people, because I think that's ultimately what we all want to do is we want to have an impact and 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 leave it like in camping terms you know leave the campsite better than we found it and mm-hmm. it's the same thing with with life and how we impact people it's just go out there and, and make things better uh, whether it's for one people or one thousand or a million or a billion we don't know that we um and for me it's like i i want to impact the people that i need to impact and you're impacting the people that uh, you're impacting and 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 boldly, I must say too, because jumping with jumping out without a net, um, that's bold. And but you know what, I um, I'm I'm thrilled that you did it because the world, the world gained that magnificent version of you. And boy, are we we're going to be better off because of it. Oh, thank you so much. And I, I think just like you, to your point about camping and, and leaving the campground cleaner, which I love. Um, I I really do think that when when we all do the work to find, discover inside our most magnificent version of ourselves, we all have that ability to make the world a better place than the way we found it. And without doing much, I mean, I do less now than I ever did. And I make more impact because I, that's what the authenticity impact really enables. So I love that you're doing it too. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So Eric, I've loved our conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, so my website is the best way to uh, get a hold of me and go deeper with me. And I will have some really great downloads for people available soon on my website. And of course, you can also find me on all the, the social media platforms as well. And I've got those links, so I'll put those in the show notes so people don't have to use a verb to find you. Um, we'll, make, <laughs> we'll make it easier. So, Erica, thank you so much for your time today. really appreciate you, and thanks again. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. 
I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.